0: podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Linnea. And today, okay, so we're just gonna jump right into it because we have so much to go over today. Okay. In terms of content. This one is a little different than our other episodes because Linnea probably knows just as much about this topic, probably more about this topic (laughs) than I do. Um, What? This week we are doing the Blue Nose Heritage Minute because it's the 150th anniversary. Sure is. Of the Blue Nose. Yeah,
1: for the for the, of the original blue nose the queen of the atlantic hundredth the hundred
0: oh it's the hundredth you're right you're right sorry yeah. it's the hundredth yeah. episode of the whoa blue
1: Grace. see i do know more <laughs> um uh, yeah it's the hundredth anniversary it's the hundredth anniversary of the original blue nose right now which yeah. is kind of cool it's her cent- the centennial yeah that's the yeah. centennial
0: so if you look on your dimes that's, yeah that's the we're talking about the ship that's that her on the canadian ten cent yeah. piece
1: Yep, not the queen, the other her.
0: Yeah, (laughs) the other queen on the other side of it. The queen of the North Atlantic. North Atlantic. See, you even know her nickname more than me. That's
1: her. (laughs) Do you want to know why ships and boats are called she's? Yes. Okay, because it's kind of weird, because why? (laughs) Um, Why bother? Why bother? Why bother giving it a pronoun um, at all? But anyway, traditionally uh ships and boats referred to as she's because and this is like very much like fisherman's fable but like a woman if you treat her right and take good care of her she'll do what you're asking her to do and she'll take care of you so if you if you treat her right if you like keep her keep her happy uh, she'll work. She'll work well for you. She'll be
0: a good boat. She'll be
1: a good. She'll be a good, a good lady. Sea wife. She'll take care of you. <laughs> As um,
0: always, there's a fun little piece of misogyny. Obviously, in all of our traditions, riddled
1: through history. <laughs> <laughs> history is riddled with misogyny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but that's why. That's yeah. why they're called girls. But this is exciting. This is fun.
0: Yeah, and it's a good heritage minute. So yeah. the, the heritage minute is them. It's the the Blue Nose's last race, yes, and it's the Blue Nose racing an American ship in the International Fisherman's Trophy, yeah, uh, tournament, which or is series.
1: the Fisherman's Trophy is actually at the Fisheries Museum in Lunenburg.
0: Yeah, well, they deserve it. They won it way yeah. more. Yeah, it was <laughs> never
1: the Fisherman's. That race never happened again. Yeah, after that, so one. so that was the last one, and so all of the trophies that the Blue Nose won, um, the most winningest, uh, the most winningest schooner. Yeah um racing schooner uh, are all at the at the Fisheries Museum in Lunenburg. Yeah.
0: And they're and big and shiny. Th- I mean the 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 Heritage Minute is oddly like let's make it look really old-timey. Which have, is a weird vibe. Yeah, like most of them are like okay, it's a period piece, but we're going to use modern for yeah. the time like videography but this one is not no the first time
1: the first time i watched that minute i thought it was original footage yeah until you realize that it's not it's definitely it's definitely (laughs) definitely redone
0: and they have like the radio announcer calling the race on one of the boats i guess which i don't know if that's how they would have called the race. i don't know
1: i don't know if that's real (laughs) i don't Um, think that's how uh, it happens yeah i don't think that's true
0: but (laughs) and also the ships are like literally neck and neck while they're racing yeah and the Blue Nose was part of some really close races but like schooner close races are like you're like like a minute ahead of the other boat
1: oh yeah <laughs> or at least like multiple seconds like half a minute like 30 seconds like ahead like yeah for those of you who don't know things move slower in water <laughs> um yeah. and the Blue Nose is a 299 ton vessel. And yeah. so it's not like, I mean, it, you know, she can turn on a dime. Uh, a bit of like a bit of funniness there, but a little bit of humor. A little bit of funniness. A little bit of funniness. We uh, like to make this podcast fun. I like to make <laughs> it fun for all of you listening. Um, uh, that's, that's my goal. That's your
0: dose of fun for the week.
1: There it is. You're done.
0: Now back to our regular scheduled program. <laughs> uh, which is
1: boring no just kidding but uh yeah so I mean and I sailed on the Blue Nose 2 obviously which is a pretty accurate replica of yeah. the original Blue Nose
0: which I guess we should have stated that is why Linnea knows more about the Blue yeah, Nose yeah that's me. why I know more not just because I'm
1: from <laughs> Lunenburg but because I actually sailed on her um as crew which was a really a really cool experience I recommend anyone between the ages of 20 and 30 if you want an incredible summer experience. Go apply, hop on the Blue Nose. You actually don't need any sailing experience. Um and as far as the current captain of the Blue Nose, uh Phil Watson is concerned, um I would say that he would like you to have less experience because he would like to teach you his way to do things, not unteach you <laughs> uh not unteach you the way that you have previously learned. Um he likes a fresh slate. At least when I was there he did. It's been a few years, but
0: so should we dive into this history? This history, this story that you probably already know. Like no, I'm excited. <laughs> I want to hear. If, if I get one fact or in here that you don't know, I feel like I will have done my job. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. I'm ready. So, Blue Nose. Just yes. Just the word, the term. Blue Nose is a nickname for Nova Scotians. Yeah. So you and I are Blue Noses. We're Blue
1: Nosers, <laughs> yeah.
0: It dates back to at least the 18th century. The first recorded use was in 1785 by Reverend Jacob Bailey, a Loyalist clergyman living in the Annapolis Royal after the American Revolution. A
1: valley boy.
0: A valley guy. (laughs) Writing to a friend that year, Bailey complained about the outcome of recent elections, where party lines had been clearly drawn throughout Nova Scotia between the newly arrived Loyalists, Americans will know them as Tories, (laughs) and the New England Planters, who were the European residents who lived here before. Uh, Then they'd been living in Nova Scotia since the 1760s.
1: Since they abolished the Acadians. Yes.
0: (laughs) Once they kicked out the Acadians, they were the longest standing uh, (laughs) European residents. Yeah. Bailey noted sourly that, quote, the Blue Noses use a vulgar appellation, exerted themselves into the utmost of their power and cunning. In another letter the next year, Bailey continued his complaints by listing several regrettable aspects of life in Nova Scotia, one of them being, quote, violent contentions between the Loyalists and the old inhabitants called Blue Noses.
1: Interesting. So
0: the first two records of the word Blue Nose are both bad.
1: Well, but that's a funny fact, too, because I've only ever heard it called Blue Nosers. So like Blue Noses, that's like, that's funny.
0: Yeah, it's it's evolved over time, I guess. The Oxford English Dictionary awards the first published use of the term to Thomas Chandler Halliburton in The Clockmaker, or The Sayings and Doings of Samuel Slick of Slickville.
1: Oh, Sam Slick. I love
0: the old way we used to name books and
1: pamphlets. Yeah. It's
0: like, there's no room for imagination. It's just like, I will explicitly tell you what this book is about. Yeah in the title you don't even have to read you don't have to
1: open a book that's that's why you can read a book by its cover exactly
0: Sam was a fictionalized Yankee traveling salesman sharp as they come whose specialty was clocks and when he described his standard sales pitch he chuckled heartily over the typical gullible response of his Nova Scotia customers when Blue Nose hears that he thinks he's got a bargain (laughs) okay (laughs) again an insult
1: (laughs) this is funny though I haven't heard this before
0: In the end who knows where the word what the word really means or where it comes from maybe it describes nova scotian noses in the winter perhaps it began as the name of a mottled purplish blue potato once common in annapolis valley and was eaten by everyone regardless of its origin the term caught on and from the mid 19th century blue nose was widely used in the names of publications incorporated companies businesses railway services and boats
1: yeah one um one kind of thing that i've heard why where the term blue nose comes from mm-hmm. is that fishing mittens that used to be made um oh, okay. had blue dye in them oh okay um and so when people would just like the yarn that was used there was a lot of like blue dye used in yarns Mm. apparently um in wool and when they'd rub their nose like on (laughs) the boat like their nose would get blue and so that's like so that's like one i have heard
0: yeah i've also heard it was like a spin on like a red nose like which is like a drinking thing oh okay like people get like red in the face yeah Whether it be like blue a blue i don't know that's funny but yeah who knows where it really comes from
1: who knows but that
0: is that is the best we know angus walter was born on june 9th
1: 1881 yeah i born on my nana's birthday my nana was born on his birthday Ooh, is that that's her spirit animal it's like,
0: what's your astro- astrological sign angus walter yeah <laughs> He was one of 12 children born into a time and a family awash with maritime traditions. Yeah. As a young boy, Angus was thrilled to hear the fishermen's stories and couldn't wait to embark on his own adventures. Angus didn't have to wait very long on the wharf. In 1894, at just the age of 13, Angus's father brought him aboard for a six-month fishing season. From April to September, Angus toiled as a throater, which is the person who cuts the throats of yep. fishes.
1: <laughs> yep. It's so funny because, I mean, any kid who's grown up in Lunenburg, the Fisheries Museum of the Atlantic is, like, so ingrained in you. It's, like, every school trip every year was the Fisheries Museum. Like, the free days in the summers, like, your parents would take you because it was air-conditioned. It's, like, yeah. it's, like I know I can give that tour. And it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, like, this is the Angus Walters exhibit on the Blue Nose. It's, Like, <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, throater is possibly like the grossest position on the boat it's it's like it's what the kids do it's like what the lowest of the low does and yeah it's cutting cod throats which is gross
0: yeah yeah and he was actually like kind of old for kids to go on a a ship like you could easily expect to see like eight-year-olds nine-year-olds working on at that age yeah Yeah. i wouldn't
1: say and i don't know for sure but i wouldn't say for like maybe a trip that long no um yeah maybe like a shorter shorter stint for a younger kid um but yeah he's pretty much like 14 15 is kind of when boys start started going out and being part of the family business yeah and it was i saw Who needs that. school in the eighth grade well that was
0: the thing his dad was like i want you to get an education so you'll stay in school until you're 13 and then you're done <laughs> then you're done then you're good yeah what, what, else can, what else can that building teach you yeah at the age of 15 angus was promoted to doryman alone on the sea in a small wooden boat hauling baiting and setting fishing lines Dory fishing was arguably the toughest job on a schooner. Yeah, very dangerous, super
1: dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so the Blue Nose Two actually carries traditional dories as well. Mm. Um, and we like I got to take them out and like um and go on the dory. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, the dories at that time now I don't know um if their dories had sails. Uh, because dories are built to have like a sail that kind of goes in it i think they must traditionally like when you see like pictures of like dories it's just like two men like in a rowboat row basically boat, yeah. but they but they all do have like a place for a sail to go in it right. um yeah so and usually i think i think that's what they did when they were out cuz you'd kind of go rather far away from the boat yeah and then come back which i'm sure you're going to talk about <laughs> i'm sorry no no getting no getting ahead of good. myself no yeah so like yeah, like, a
0: ba- basically, like, when you're out in a dory, you're not, you're not, like, hanging around close to the boat. You're, no. like, going out and setting lines and It's and stuff. foggy on
1: the Grand Banks. Yeah. No, it's yeah. some
0: of the, like, scariest seas to be out on. Yeah. Uh, and Angus learned this very quickly. His first trip out in a dory was, like, a disaster. Yeah. Out on the ocean, Angus and his dory skipper were caught in a thick fog. Uh, they became hopelessly lost, and hours went by, and eventually night fell. Finally, the fog lifted, and off in the distance, they could see the running lights of the, their schooner, and they made it back. Yeah, but like scary, you know. It's just like, well, you're basically like a cork.
1: No, it's how a lot of fishermen were lost. Yeah, um, from going away from the boat, it wasn't necessarily being on the boat. It was it was when you'd like leave on a dory and like go out.
0: Yeah, just crazy. A few years later, still as a teenager, Angus learned his next lesson on the dangers of the sea. He was now a first mate on a ship captained by his older brother, John. One night, both of the young men were out on the deck when a large wave washed over them and took his brother overboard angus knew his brother couldn't swim and jumped to action which Which, is always
1: so surprising to me and also super common like a lot of fishermen can't swim yeah um which is stupid (laughs) um yeah but also i I think part of the reason is because like lunenburg for example Mm -hmm. um living in the town of lunenburg the harbor is not really swimming water no um like it's not a beachfront it's a harbor and especially at that time which i mean i guess people didn't know how detrimental it was but it's where all the sewage went and so it's not exactly where your parents are throwing you in and you're working too hard to get to enjoy swimming is a leisure activity yeah i mean it takes time to learn yeah it's like you're not gonna like go to school by like swimming through the harbor like it's not it's <laughs> not essential it's not it's not walking or running it's it's you know it's a it's a leisure activity that you have to learn it's a yeah. learned skill and so when your father and mother don't swim who's gonna teach you to swim who's gonna teach your kids how to swim yeah there's no local pool no it's a it's a bit of a cycle and so yeah many many fishermen had no idea how to swim at all which is another reason why a lot of lives are lost
0: and I read something that was saying that it's almost like there's no point for a lot of these fishermen because the thing that's not the thing that's gonna get you is that it's just so cold the the thing that's gonna kill you is the cold that's also another So even if you could swim you're just like extending the hardship like yeah. you're just exerting yourself for no reason exactly. Um, which thankfully that didn't happen to angus's brother um angus was able to take control of the crew um and his brother actually managed to grab hold of one of the dories last second and pulled oh. himself to safety oh thank god um so his brother was fine but Good. you know a lot of harsh realities when you're working on the sea yeah for six months a year since the age of 13 yeah <laughs> By the age of 23, Angus had already spent a decade at sea. He was now a captain in command of his first ship, the Mini M Cook. Yep. Angus was now considered a veteran of the Atlantic fishery, and he had earned the respect of his men uh, in his crew his son spike walters remembered him saying he might have been small but he was mighty all you had to do was sail with him on a fishing trip and you'd come back and you'd know he had fight in him somewhere because he was a person that when he ordered you to do something he wanted it done he didn't want you to fool around if you fooled around he just as much as say will throw you overboard (laughs) they used to say he was like dr jekyll and mr hyde (laughs) Because in all of the pictures, he's this, like, little man. He
1: is quite... He was quite small. He's such a... (sighs) You know faces are ingrained in you like especially from like money like the queen's face just ingrained yeah. like faces that you see everywhere but in Lunenberg Angus Walter's face is like so ingrained in everyone <laughs> and I don't even know if it's what he actually looked like it's just the face like everybody sees it's just like this little old man like I just always I don't there, I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of him young like he's always just a little <laughs> old man in a leather jacket who he looks like he smokes way too much <laughs>
0: Other than fishing, Angus was perfecting another skill, a talent that would bring him and the fishing industry fame in the years to come. He enjoyed a reputation of being a sail dragger. Yeah. Now, what is a sail dragger exactly?
1: So a sail dragger, what I know is the term. It's just someone who basically likes to go really fast. Um, and it's also <laughs> just kind of the style that you do that in. Yeah. So it's being able to utilize, I mean, like most things in their invention uh the sails were used to propel the boat forward and kind of how you use those sails um was going to help you do that that was the goal it was to move forward it was just to move um whereas a sail dragger it's you're kind of utilizing those sails to make you go fast and make you go in a certain direction or make you change directions instead of just like the basics It's like my Toyota Corolla is a base model, okay? (laughs) And that's kind of, you know, it does what a car is meant to do. It drives, you know, it stops, it reverses, it it does the basic things. It's not a Maserati, okay? (laughs) But it's also how you use that car. I have my Toyota. I could put a spoiler on the back. I could, like, change the rims. I could do other car things. (gasps) do what
0: neon exactly Let's do neon on the the little blue i could
1: do other things that would make her like cooler or ways to use her i suppose who knows i don't but that's kind of the idea of a sail dragger it's kind of utilizing what you have and not he's it means he's starting to kind of use her for racing not the purpose of fishing yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah
0: it could because so he's gaining this like reputation he's pushing vessels to their limit yeah. and he so he's always known for like carrying extra sails like, yeah just in case oh, yeah <laughs> it's like well if we like push her this fast we're gonna need something to replace that yeah we're gonna throw up extra sales really gotta go fast <laughs> yeah his next ambition was to own his own schooner and he gained the support of local businessmen and soon he was owning a new ship called the mariel b walters yeah with his career under full sail <laughs> <laughs> angus could turn his heart to another love Her name was Maggie Tanner, a lively young woman from a fishing family in Lunenburg. At 19, Maggie was seven years younger than Angus and was considered a good catch.
1: Good catch.
0: (laughs) Good catch. She had a sense of humor and a deeply rooted sense of family values and traditions Maggie and Angus were married in 1908, and within two years, their first son, Gilbert, was born. The next year, Spike arrived, and then Stuart was born four years later. And they were a loving family, but Angus was often separated from his young wife and children. At least six months a year, he's spending at sea every year, even when he's racing
1: yeah no she she is known as being a a pretty badass lady like she took care of the home and the family and the home actually still exists in lunenburg oh really um yeah so and it was a museum up until fairly recently the angus walters house museum um which was technically i guess a part of the fisheries museum of the atlantic i mean it's not close to it it's across the harbor actually it's very close it's on your way to the golf course in lunenburg and uh across from the school that's there now however the house is now used as um bluenose coastal action groups headquarters which is an environmental organization oh cool um and they use it and it's still i mean i remember being a kid in elementary school and you'd go especially at christmas they always did a big deal uh, at the walters House at christmas it was all decorated and like the traditional like christmas decorations and there was someone there who was being his wife, and who would like t- like tell you through, and like Angus was out fishing, and she'd like make the cookies, <laughs> and yeah, it was a cute little gimmick in the town. But um, but yeah, the the building is still there. It's just a, cool. and it's a pretty like it's nothing special just like a typical like old house his captain's chair is there which Ooh. i feel like you might get into later if not we can discuss that but yeah. his captain's chair is there it's one of the things he took from the Blue Nose, oh, which we'll okay. get into but uh he he took the captain's chair um when he finished and uh and, and yeah so that's at the house that's cool. still there yeah, yeah so
0: it's cool and it's also a big part of the fishing industry that kind of gets left out sometimes is the the reality that the main breadwinner is doing a really dangerous job and not around for six months of the year sometime like they may be able to come in to shore every once in a while but they've really got to take advantage of the fact that you only have this window exactly where you can bring in an income so the other half of the year you're gonna have to be able to live off of that catch yeah and so like sea wives or like fishermen's wives they're just kind of at home alone for six months of the year it's crazy Yep. Angus's reputation as a fisherman was soaring. He had become a high liner skipper, hauling in record catches and high profits for his shareholders. So that's like a a big part of it is so you could like own your own ship. Mm -hmm. You need people to invest in you having the ship and in return they get like portions of your profit.
1: Yeah, which is kind of still the premise of the fishing industry now in a lot of places, you know, you're owned by a company. So like there are draggers that are owned by Highliner Mm -hmm. and then, you know, there's a captain of that of that boat and then you go out and you're providing product to that company. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: By 1920, schooner captains in Nova Scotia and New England wanted a diversion from the hardships of fishing. They looked for a new challenge, something to put their sca- sailing skills and schooners to the test, and they decided to organize a real race under real conditions with real fishermen. Yep. The idea led to the establishment of the International Fishermen's Race Series. Mm-hmm. So this was a race for, for schooners that were actually fishing schooners. So yes. they're not race boats. No. These These boats do the work for most of the year, and then they do this, like, race in addition to that. The best Canadian and the best American fishing schooners were put forward as champions. And that's the other thing. It's the International Fisherman's Race, but it's just Canada and America. It's somebody
1: else. And it's really just (laughs) Lunenburg and Gloucester. It's really just two cities. (laughs) To be be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: The race was put together very quickly for the first time in September of 1920. There was an elimination race at first. Um, So this is like, it's like the semifinals, basically. So you have like, like Nova Scotian in this case, but like Canadian ships. Yeah. Kind of racing down to see who will be the Canadian champion. And then American ships racing down to see who will be the American champion. Angus desperately wanted to be a contender in the international fisherman's race. He felt he could win the cup for Nova Scotia. In the Canadian Elimination Series, Angus raced against another local schooner, the Delawana, captained yep. by Tom Himmelman. At the start of the race, Angus put up every inch of the sail, 9,000 square feet of canvas. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. He pushed his vessel and crew to their very limits and gambled that his ship could take the strain but 5 miles short of the finish line his ship broke at her fore topmast. Yeah. Angus lost the race by 6 minutes. Yeah. He would not be able to race for Canada and the Delawana instead competed for Canada against the American ship the Esperanto from Gloucester Massachusetts. Angus watched the Esperanto win the race and take home the Silver Cup and the $4,000 prize home to Massachusetts. And this was also, like, it's in Lunenburg, the first race, and it's kind of like they organized it, they have the cup here, and they just get to watch it, like, sail away. And they just
1: get to watch it go away. They also, um, the story goes that they put a broom on their top mast um oh they cheated no 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 no. so when they won and when they were leaving they put a broom on their top mast to say that they swept the competition oh they thought it was so funny (laughs) um so yeah they stuck a broom and they were like haha we big winners you're big losers like i mean like (laughs) comedy in the early 1900s was rough but hilarious so funny
0: but something like that, the sight of that, you know, that is the ultimate chip on Angus's shoulder. Oh, Just like watching yeah. this ship sailing off into the horizon with his cup, his prize money. Even though he wasn't even the ship no. that got to race. He's no. just like, I, I'd never again. Real better. <laughs> so he's driven to compete the following year. The main problem is his family. So after 12 years of marriage, he was facing a real dilemma at home. Maggie really wasn't doing well with Angus constantly being away. Of course, it's like emotionally hard, but she's also pretty regularly sick. Yeah. Um, And their children. They have three boys. They need their dad around. And if Angus was going to pursue his racing dream, it would mean even less time at home. That winter in Lunenburg, Angus was torn between his two loves. He couldn't stop thinking about the loss to the Americans, but at the same time, he was worried about Maggie's health and happiness. And finally he made his choice. And in the fall of 1920, Angus Walters and a committee of Nova Scotian politicians and businessmen were determined to bring the international trophy home. Mm-hmm. So they called on a guy named William Bill James Rue. Rui Ruey. Rue. Rue. Yeah. It's very it's, got it's a fun weird. Accent.
1: It no, <laughs> but it's like you'd think that it would be French, but it's like Rui. <laughs> like in every textbook it's just like that's how you say it, just Rui. Like it's very like <laughs> english version so
0: bill was born in the south end of halifax uh, Nova Scotia, on april 27th 1879 from a young age he was in love with sailing as an adolescent he made and sailed 1.5 meter model boats he learned to crew with the royal nova scotian yacht squadron and taught himself naval architecture (laughs) he sure did
1: (laughs) it's just funny because Rui is such an example of like like angus walters grew up out on fishing schooners when he was like 13 years old and he like has no education you just picture him in like in like his little like rolled up wool beanie and like <laughs> eating you know <laughs> eating lobster and that being poor people's food and Rui grew up in the south end of Halifax tea and crumpets sailing at R-N-Y- and <laughs> Royal Nova, R-N-S-Y-S-S. Um, <laughs> yes, which is still a very prominent sailing club today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where some of the best sailors uh, out of Nova Scotia are, like, kind of born and bred through their program. They do a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, and so Rui was definitely, like, that kind of privilege um, in the <laughs> sailing community, which, you know, Angus came from the life of fishermen, and mm-hmm. Rui came from the life of, like, um, of pleasure craft, if yes. you will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, like Angus is familiar with ships that are like their primary function is fishing, which of course is important that they be fast. uh, That's like a part of being a good fishing vessel. Yeah. But like Rui is like, I design race ships. Yeah. Like that's what he's most familiar with. Yeah. so, he, I mean, he teaches himself for the most part. He just, like, reads books about boat design, but he did enroll in classes in mechanical drafting at the Victoria College of Art and Design, which is now NASCAT, or the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design. Yeah. His experience was that of a yacht designer for fellow members of the squadron while he worked in the family of soft drink business. So <laughs> he works in this, like, family-owned soft drink uh, soft drink business. I which did is, not know this. Which is called family soda water business. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Is You've taught Pepsi? me something Is it now. Like, I had no idea.
0: <laughs> he made fizzy water. Cool. Uh, and he worked. He kind of like owns. I think he like owns stock. He in this was building the original Soda species. Stream.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bill created more than a hundred designs for commercial vessels, including many yachts, such as the schooner Blue Dolphin, two fleets of freighter for Newfoundland and the Arctic. Ferries. Uh, Also, in his lifetime, Bill created plans for uh, World War II sectional landing barges for the United Kingdom. Cool. So, he's a very experienced designer of schooners, and so he's called upon to design a race ship that would also be a functioning fishing vessel, and she was named the Blue Nose. Yes angus was chosen to be her master because of his track record as a superb fisherman ability to control a crew and his experience sailing angus, and because
1: he was like no one but me yeah he was also just like
0: how dare you don't yeah. you dare call on that other and they're like guy we're again. not we're
1: not angus and he's like don't you dare it's me it's they're like angus we're not and he's like silence and like, okay
0: angus was at the shipyard every day during her construction and would offer advice um on one occasion uh he pointed out that his men were quote not midgets and <laughs> would need more room in the forecastle uh which mm-hmm. gave her a signature knuckle in her bow
1: yeah so kind of how ships work underneath uh mm-hmm. below decks um so when you're when you're below which is is not downstairs. It's below deck. (laughs) I wanna go downstairs on the ship. (laughs) Yeah, no, those are those are silly things you don't say. So four is kind of like the four decks or like forward Mm -hmm. um or the the forecastle or forecastle. Okay. Um is the is the front, kind of the the pointy end that goes forward. Okay. (laughs) And that's always gonna be four. It doesn't matter what direction you're going in, um that's always forward. Okay. So that's four. And then going backwards is – that's back-aft. So, like, it's kind of okay. like after, like an afterthought. It's the back-aft. <laughs> um, Yeah, and so that's towards the back. Now, like I said, below decks, that front portion is where you're going to sleep. Okay. So where the boat kind of, like, comes – or the ship kind of comes towards as a point, mm-hmm. um, that's where, like, um, bunks would be. Okay. Um, And then that's also where you're going to eat. So traditionally on the Blue Nose, kind of uh that forward part the foc'sle is bunks so like two rows of of bunks and then a big table and then next is the galley and then moving back further is the officer's lounge so where the officers eat the the officer's salon um and then back further is the girls cabins which would have previously been where all the fish and shit goes (laughs) um yeah and and then that's where on the the current bluenose too is where uh the female washrooms are and where the engineer's cabin is and where the cook's cabin is and uh, well the cook's cabin is closer to the to the galley but anyway so the forecastle is the most forward point right and
0: they needed extra room because they're tall, I guess, to sleep, like they need more yeah. Room well, for their on a
1: traditional fishing schooner, and even like draggers when they first started, the the beds were like four feet, like, <laughs> and you've got like men who are like literally six feet or more. More is kind of the standard height, um, and you've got them like crunched up into these little <laughs> beds for six months. For six months, yeah. yeah. So they had the luxury of adding
0: a little bit of room there. Good. Um, so on March 26th, 1921, the Blue Nose was launched. It was a big day for the town of Lunenburg in the province of Nova Scotia. Angus was smitten with her. He talked to her constantly, and he knew he had the vessel to beat the Americans.
1: So that's a very... Known fact about Angus <laughs> Walters is that he talked to the Blue Nose a lot. It's like so he weird. would talk to her, he would like stroke her. He's known, and it <laughs> shows it in the heritage heritagement that he's like, "Come on, just like one more time." And yeah. then you can, and then he rest Like this is like all the crew is
0: panicking, and he's yeah. just like,
1: "Well, Blue Nose, we're doing it again." No, it's like very <laughs> legit. Like he spoke to her as if she literally was his wife. Which I mean, he spends just as much time with her as he does his wife in the second half of his career. So. <laughs> But it is a known thing that Angus Walters really liked to talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) So she was fast in any wind and
0: responded easily to his commands. Angus was in his glory, and this was his chance to prove himself and bring the cup home. In the first elimination race, the Blue Nose gave everything Angus asked of her, defeating seven other schooners. Two days later, he won another elimination series to become the Canadian representative in the International Fisherman's Trophy. Angus sailed the Blue Nose to Gloucester and returned with the ultimate prize. The following year, Angus defended the title to no one's surprise except the Americans. Uh, The key to Angus's success was his knowledge of the Blue Nose. The vessel was part of him, and he knew every inch and line and canvas and wood, and he knew exactly the breaking point of everything. So, you know you can push something to the limit when you know what the limit is
1: exactly and one interesting fact that um that you didn't touch on is that you said it at the beginning that in order to compete in the fisherman's trophy race you Mm -hmm. had to be an actual fishing schooner yeah so the building of the blue Nose was actually really rapid because they had to finish build. they had to finish building the ship so that it could go do a season. A season. Oh, so the, the Blue Nose point. was built, and I can't be 100% correct, but I think it was, it was four months. It was insanely fast to build yeah. a ship of this size um, just because she had to have done a season of fishing before she was allowed to compete. Interesting. And so they very rapidly built her um and then sent her out and she fished i mean i i would assume i don't think that she was pushed very hard on her fishing season (laughs) so at the smith and rule and shipyard where the blue nose was built it was actually kind of a quick process because they had to get her out to do to do that fishing so like what's the timeline on a normal vessel usually god at that time like i don't know because it was such a career driven force and you had a lot more people dedicated to it right now like a year wow yeah that's crazy yeah i mean but yeah no
0: this is interesting that's a good point like because yeah like this is a very specific series that it races in
1: yeah and so it, it was it was it had to be done really really fast
0: yeah yeah these back-to-back international victories made angus and the Blue Nose celebrities there were parades and parties angus was asked to speak at lodges and institute meetings he became a hometown hero and eventually that spread to the province and the whole country The newfound celebrity had its price, though. It kept Angus away even longer from Maggie and his kids, who idolized him but missed him dearly. Throughout these winning years, the Americans were desperate to restore their damaged pride. They hired the best designers to craft the sleekest, fastest ships. Money was no object. By far, the best American contender was the Columbia. Mm -hmm. She was skipped by Ben Pine, a well-respected Gloucester fisherman. Ben took no chances. He handpicked the crew of captains and sailed the Columbia to Halifax for the International Fisherman's Series. The world took a deep breath and tuned into the race which was brutal. They (laughs) stretched both vessels to their absolute limits and there was an occasion where sometimes the vessels would try and get a little closer to shore uh, to try and get a little bit ahead of the other one. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's like I don't know how the track is laid out, but I guess it's right. like being in the inner lap of a ra- like it, a race. It's kind of like
1: if you think about it too. The closer you are to shore, the less wind there is. Oh, and okay. so when you're out really far, there's a lot more wind. So if the wind is going in your favor, that's great. Right. But if the wind is coming against you, you want to get closer to shore so that you can try and like be less like having the wind pushing on you. Okay. Um. But also depending on the racetrack that could also add time so you have to really like navigate that because you're kind of going off course
0: right so like
1: if the finish line is kind of directly in front of you you're like veering off to like stay out of the wind so you kind of have to calculate that so they have to be really it's it's true that the captains had to know so much about the ship in order to be able to make her work exactly like how they wanted right so in this
0: instance they're both trying to get close to shore but at one point the vessels got too close to each other. So they're actually like on top of each other, basically. And the boom from the Blue Nose swung and caught the Columbia, and both ships were damaged in this process. But the Blue Nose managed to get clear of the Columbia and crossed the finish line nearly three minutes ahead of the Columbia. The Blue Nose won once again, but the next day, the committee changed the rules the day before the next race and contested the Blue Nose victory. Yeah, So do you know about this story? It's it's very confusing to me. I do. Yes. So they basically changed a rule. And then they said that the previous day, the Blue Nose had gone around a buoy the wrong way. And so they stripped the victory from her and awarded the cup to the Columbia, even though that rule wasn't in place the day of the race.
1: And let me tell (laughs) you, Angus was pissed. Um, So, and I don't know. like that makes no sense. So what happened? Do you know? Are you going to talk about how he reacted to that?
0: Yeah. Okay. So... So Angus was furious, um, stating that they had won fairly given the rules that the Hedipton set the morning of the race. Yeah, Um, Surprisingly, Ben Pine and the crew of the Columbia agreed
1: and refused to accept the trophy. So that was the deal, is basically that, you know, there is a special relationship between Gloucester and Lunenburg. They're both small fishing communities that spend a lot of time out together on the Grand Banks. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of like to think of a job to compare it to but you're both doing your job for your community for your people and so you do have a camaraderie and as much as there was a competition because you know you're two of the best there's Mm -hmm. also you know when you're at the top the only person you can relate to is that person who's at the top with you yeah and so yeah the captain of the columbia was basically like no that's stupid if Mm -hmm. you did this to me like, I'd be just as pissed. Yeah. Um, and so they refuse to take it, which is the Blue Nose has never lost a race. Mm-hmm. Um. Isn't exactly true. It's the Blue Nose has never lost a series. Right. So right. people say that she was, the, she was the most winning a ship, but they're in that circumstance, which was, yeah, she went around a buoy the wrong way, which wasn't really a rule. And so Pine was like, that's dumb. But the story goes is that when this ruling came through – Mm-hmm. I thought I thought, but I could be wrong that there was one race left in the series. Yeah, so they have one more race. Yeah, so they have one more race, and Angus is like, "Holler up, boys, we're leaving!" Yeah. And he rolls out, and he's like, "Peace, like, yeah, <laughs> like
0: deuces." <laughs> so, so it's a series of races. I yeah. guess we should clarify it's not like one race that no, it's, wins everything. Yeah, um, but so this forced the committee to. Basically ask both teams to race again. So they're yep. like, okay, so we can't take this win away from the Blue Nose because neither of the teams are accepting that. So please, we'll just start over. Like, do the race again with this new rule in place. But Angus refused. Yeah. Unless they put up a new cup with new prize. Yeah. He was just going to sail away to new- Lunenburg the next yep. day. And he did. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> the rule changes had soured Angus and the rest of the racers, and there would not be another Fisherman's Cup for eight years. No.
1: And, and that's. So they the, feel very
0: betrayed. Well, They're and like, that's the thing,
1: too, is that the anymore. Americans also felt betrayed. They yeah. were like, if we're going to win, we want to actually win. We don't want to be given the prize because you made up a stupid rule. Like, that's yeah. not what this is. We are like hella competitive men. Like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's also hard when you're like, well, there's only one other. There's only two of us, so if one person is abstaining, we abstain too. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, like I said, you have that camaraderie of, like, yeah. it's just us.
0: <laughs> so, Angus was now considered among the best skippers on the Atlantic. Because, um, like you said, like he's still a fisherman, like, in addition to doing these races. Yep. Um, for example, during the storm of 1926, which is, like, storm of the century, um, Angus managed to survive a night at sea near sable island which the is like august gales the august gales yeah. which like the the sable island is like a ship graveyard yeah um but where this night 50 Lunenburg fishermen lost their lives he yeah. manages to like stay afloat save yeah. his crew
1: the august gales were pretty horrific we still get you know you hear about like nor'easters and gales they still do happen um but now there's like sonar and gps that's another thing you need to remember yeah. he's going out and doing this shit with nothing yeah like except like you know lick your finger and like where's the wind coming from like it, it, it's so much more uh it's just i mean you have nothing it takes you a no lifetime direction. of experience oh 100 yeah. like you have no technical equipment other than like a compass and the stars and like your own like wits to be able to move a 299 Ton yeah and it also makes wood.
0: <laughs> it makes it a little more sense why this race series is between just two fishing communities yeah. because a huge part of the um skill set is like knowing the waters that you're in so oh, you're not 100%. gonna like bring up a ship from you know the caribbean or something and no. just be like all right we're gonna race in these waters because you don't want people
1: to die that's you not good for media <laughs> like this was this was a this was a huge deal. Like, everybody was listening to this on the radio. People were out watching. Like, this was a big deal. It was in all the papers. Mm-hmm. Like, like nationally and beyond. Like, this was the top thing to pay attention to.
0: The International Fisherman's Trophy was reinstated for one year in 1931. The Blue Nose won the trophy, uh, but was Duh. losing the race against time. Yeah. The age of the schooner was sailing away and being replaced with diesel, In 1933, the worldwide economic depression was causing distress everywhere. It was no longer easy to earn a living fishing. Angus tried to adjust to the times. The Blue Nose, now 16 years old, had engines installed. It was a desperate attempt to extend the schooner's life working for the Grand Banks.
1: Yeah. It's also hard because in that time, um, draggers started to come through. Yeah. So the Blue Nose is like line fishing. And I'm not saying they all stood there with fishing rods, but it's kind of like, you know, you go out on your dories and you drop multiple lines and then you haul up fish on those lines um and, and same thing from the actual ship itself but draggers are they just cast a huge big net. nets out and drag up a ton which is what you know killed the cod industry thank yeah. you <laughs> um it's not sustainable uh but at the time you know they didn't know and it was you know you thought yeah. that there were fish forever yeah and during the economic
0: depression it's a way of guaranteeing you're going to get a huge amount of fish exactly. and fewer people to employ exactly to actually run the draggers so for a fish for like a boat owner it makes sense Um, but yeah they're definitely not uh environmentally friendly they tear up the whole ecosystem on the bottom because they just like drag along the bottom of the ocean yeah so the blue nose kind of as a symbol i guess is a bit of a double-edged sword for angus because it, it contains so much happiness for him but also the shipwreps presents this massive sacrifice The Blue Nose stole precious time from Angus and his family that was ultimately lost forever when, in 1937, Maggie died from a lingering illness. Angus felt an immense sense of guilt and sadness and grief and considered retiring altogether. After 43 years at sea, he was tired of fishing and sailing and racing. However, the Blue Nose was once again challenged to a race and not one to... Deny the people. Back down from competition. <laughs> In 1938, the Blue Nose entered and won her final series. Yep. At this point, Angus decided to celebrate his victory by grabbing himself a trophy wife. yeah <laughs> And married. And married a woman named Mildred Anna Butler. Uh, he was welcomed home to Lunenburg with a bit of an uh, icy reception. Uh, his sons, having just lost their mother a year earlier, he now has this young new wife. She
1: was also like the same age as one of his sons.
0: Yeah, she's like I don't I don't I don't know the actual age difference, but it was like in the double digits. It's, yeah, she's considerably younger than him. Yeah, but Angus's old ways ensured that the marriage would be just as unhappy as the last one. Yeah, <laughs> despite his determination to spend more time at home, Angus was more devoted to the Blue Nose. Yeah. The creditors were demanding repayment for the installed engines on the aging Blue Nose, and so Angus put up $7,000 of his own money and took sole possession of the ship. Over the next few years, Angus tried desperately to try and save the Blue Nose in any way he could, but no one was interested in buying her as a tourist attraction. No. So he's basically going to the government saying, like, buy my ship.
1: He tried to do tours in the harbor with the Blue Nose, mm-hmm. which I mean, like, now makes piles of money for the Blue Nose, but, I mean, then it just wasn't... It just wasn't as profitable, it wasn't like old enough, no, to be
0: interesting. Exactly. It's like, why would I just go do the thing that I see people do all the time, exactly especially in Lunenburg, where it's not, um, like an anomaly? No, exactly, like everybody's been on a schooner before. Yeah. <laughs> in 1942, when the world was at war, uh, Angus was having to face with putting the Blue Nose up for auction, yeah. and the other thing is that because. The world is at war the government isn't like spending money on tourism they're like all of our money is going towards the war
1: effort exactly
0: two american entrepreneurs offered angus twenty thousand dollars in cash for her and angus had no other choice but to sell the blue nose the queen of the north atlantic would never see home again The Blue Nose spent the next two years as a merchant uh, ship taking cargo between Caribbean ports. Now, maybe you can like clarify Uh this for me, but like I saw in some, they like saw off her mast and she's basically just like... fairy like i couldn't tell if it was being used as a barge or as an actual ship
1: so she was sold to the india trading company and yeah they sawed off her masts and they just used her engine like she wasn't used sailing so it was just so they could use her engine and and load more stuff on because masts do take up a bit of space a bit of room um they were kind of using her as more like as a cargo freighter uh than as a schooner
0: yeah yeah um And this kind of like second career also doesn't last very long because on January 29th, 1946, Angus was at the Lunenburg Curling Club Mm -hmm. when he heard the news that the Blue Nose had struck a reef off the coast of Haiti and sunk.
1: So this is actually quite scandalous. There's a bit of um, controversy around the end of the Blue Nose's life, um, which is that So apparently the blunos struck a coral reef and sunk when she was working for the India Trading Company, the India Trading, East India Trading Company. Uh, However, interestingly enough, the reef that she struck, like at that time, there was no cargo on her and um, no lives were lost and there were hardly any crew on her either. And they were all quickly saved by boats that seemed to be ready for uh, that. Like they were already in the area.
0: This is like an insurance scheme. <laughs>
1: so basically it's it's very widely believed uh in the fishing industry and especially now today that uh that the it, it was it was an insurance scam uh, that they just needed to get rid of this old like crappy boat that they had kind of like destroyed to be a freighter and they just wanted to get rid of it and they uh, they didn't want to they knew they weren't going to be able to sell it and just kind right. of wanted rid of it <laughs> uh, yeah and so she is at the bottom of the ocean in Haiti which is have they ever sad. done dives or anything yeah it? they they people dive people have have dove oh, and cool. went down and and. Uh, and and seen her. I mean, there were no really original artifacts on it. No. Um, I mean, that was all kind of stripped when she was sold. Anything that would be of like value. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people have people have gone and um and done dives on it. When I was actually in um the the BVI's uh, more than a year ago. Um. I met a man there who was – he was, like, an entertainer at one of the, like, resorts. Oh, okay. Um, and he – so he did this whole, like, pirate thing. But he was <laughs> raising money for a school that he had built in Haiti. Um, oh. And that was a fully running school. And it was called Bluenose Academy, Aww. which is the name of the elementary school in Lunenburg now, um, when they rebuilt the – when they rebuilt the elementary school. So he – Um, has actually been to the Blue Nose uh, dive site and like dove on it and he was like, it was really cool to meet him because that's how he ended his show so in the show he told the story and was looking for donations um for this school that he runs he's got two schools he and his wife have done all of this yeah. um really cool story but i was like i'm from lunenburg like i sailed <laughs> on the blunos and so we had this like really cool moment um where we talked about that but but yeah so it's it is, def- it is definitely a place you can access um that's cool yeah
0: So, Angus expected that as the Age of Sail died, so would the Blue Nose's fame. Like, everything is just kind of going to, you know, this time in his life, it will be forgotten, whatever. But the opposite proved to be true. Every year, instead of fewer and fewer people coming to Lunenburg to talk to him, each new year brought new people. People wanted to relive the experiences of the Bluenose with him, so people are like, there's no formal tourism around it, so people just kind of like go to Lunenburg and try to find, find Angus. his house,
1: <laughs> which is how the house became kind of a museum. Right, like so right. many people will come. Just like,
0: hello. And he's like,
1: Fuck. I can see him
0: hating that too. Like I'm sure he loved to talk about the Bluenose, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he hated like people having to show up. And it said like his grand his grandson said that like. He basically ran a dairy business for like the back half of yeah of his life. he did
1: he was a milkman yeah um yeah and his his grandson was also a captain of the Blue Nose. yeah Blue Nose um too. yeah of the Blue Nose too so was the last captain before the current captain the current captain's mm-hmm. been the captain for twenty some odd years yeah um which is and I, I think he's been a part of the Blue Nose for like thirty some odd years because he started when he was sixteen yeah um. Yeah, he started just doing the program that I did. So oh, really? he started as a deckhand. Yeah, um, that's cool. yeah. So he started as a deckhand, worked his way up to bosun, and then uh, I think he did. I think he jumped right to first mate and then captain. Cool. So, yeah. And now his son's on the Blue Nose. Oh, really?
0: Nate. Yeah. That Nate Watson. Like, There's like four generations of Walters. Oh
1: no. So the so i was talking about the current captain of the bluenos so oh, after oh, oh, oh. after angus walter's grandson was on gotcha yeah he was known to be a very very cranky man <laughs> yes so the town of lunenburg thinks of
0: him he was very cranky so because so many people are coming to him he kind of has this like oh maybe like maybe we maybe we can do something let's do it again boys and so in 1960, when Smith and Rulin Shipyard built the replica of the Bounty for the MGM Mutiny on the Bounty.
1: Yeah, it's a movie.
0: Um, <laughs> like, it was just such a strange sentence to write out. It's like, the yeah. Bounty for the MGM Mutiny on the Bounty.
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, it's actually a great movie. 10 out of 10 recommend you watch it. Um, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's a good, if you like traditional sailing vessels, um, it's, a, it's a cool. They built a full replica of it. So. Watch Mutiny on the Bounty, yeah.
0: everyone. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so people wondered if a replica of the Blue Nose could be built and in 1963 the olens of olin brewery funded the olens the olens um funded the building of an exact replica of the original Blue Nose as a marketing tool for their new schooner beer
1: which has the Blue Nose on it it which doesn't has Blue Nose on say it. Blue Nose on it but it's just like the dime it is it yeah. is the Blue Nose. Yeah. it's the design of the bluenose schooner Nose. beer fine yeah you can still buy it today sure can I mean it's yeah it's all right it's all right it's fine better when it's cold <laughs> that's the best I was for a
0: beer. schooner beer better when cold well I mean
1: it's like cores. it's like if you have to market that your beer is the coldest like it's obviously not great <laughs> Many of
0: the builders of the original ship were employed to build the replica. And Angus, once again, helped. uh, He drove the symbolic golden spike as the start of construction. He sure um, did. And was consulted at every stage. Now, I have a feeling that if he wasn't consulted, he would force his consultation upon the building of the ship. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I don't think that that was a choice of everyone. I think that was kind of a general thing. Like, the people at the shipyard were like, okay, if we don't ask Angus for his opinions, like and accept him willingly he's gonna, give, willingly, it. He's gonna <laughs> give it anyway and so just like let's put ourselves in that mindset that we want his feedback yeah <laughs> let's keep the man happy
0: i just imagine them going to work and they're building and then like out of the ground it's like ah oh, he's back yeah <laughs>
1: he's just there and he's like hello boys or they're just like building and then he just pops up he's and also he's like just an like an old oh. man by this point yeah he's like in his late 60s like i said he i mean he just always looked kind of old in any <laughs> in any documentation for the blue nose <laughs>
0: The ship was launched on the 24th of July, 1963, before a crowd of 50,000
1: people, uh-huh. which is a lot for Lunenburg.
0: Lunenburg's uh-huh. not a big town.
1: Nope. Uh, I think the current population of Lunenburg is about 12,000, so.
0: Oh, I underestimated how young. So, at the spry age of 82. so he's Yeah. In his 80s at this <laughs> he's point. He's old friggin' man. Um, <laughs> Angus saw the Blue Nose 2 sail again. Well, sail for the first time. But the Blue Nose is sailing again. And he was on board for her first voyage. So... Fun
1: fact. Do you want to know why it's called the Blue Nose 2 and not just the Blue Nose? Because. I'm guessing it's because
0: you can't, you can't rename a ship,
1: right? See, you can if it's a replica. So Uh, every uh, other replica of a ship, like the Columbia, there's a Columbia and it's, you know, just called the Columbia. It's not called the Columbia 2. It's because in the time that the Blue Nose was gone, Mm -hmm. before there was a Blue Nose 2, a ferry service had a ferry called the Blue Nose. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't have two ships registered with the same name. Right, Any two ships. Like, so its names are unique to ships. And it doesn't matter if it's a pleasure craft in (laughs) – um, in Florida and a chartered yacht in the BBI's, you can't have two registered ships, um, and so it was kind of an annoyance. It was like, could they would the, Did they try and get that ferry to change its name? Yeah, and the ferry was just like, nah, like they don't have to. <laughs> so. I know, it's just like. Please. Yeah. Like, and they were no. just like no. Um <laughs> next question. Um so yeah, they ended up having to call her the Blue Nose yeah. Two, which is and, and it's I I. Yes. It's not a number. Roman numerals. It's not the word. It is the Roman numerals, which again is very specific. Yeah. Um and as you
0: mentioned, the Blue Nose Two was captained in Captain first by mm-hmm. uh, Angus's grandson. And then the Blue Nose Two in like two thousand nine went under this massive rebuild. Yeah. Um which it's still it's the same ship it's not a new ship wink wink they're like <laughs> these are the pieces of the ship that are original but now the blue nose too she's all refabbed and, and refurbished and she she's sailing the seas again
1: she is what i told people when i worked on her in 2018 um people would be like well wasn't the whole thing rebuilt and i would say my my comment was it was a rebuild of the entire hull." which that's all of the ship except the masts, basically (laughs) basically so it's like and they're like oh oh just the hull and i'm like just yeah just the hull yeah (laughs) i mean the when they rebuilt it you know the bluenose 2 didn't uh, i mean obviously the original bluenos didn't but the bluenos 2 didn't have washers and dryers and showers and and yeah. women's quarters um you know like those things just weren't there mm-hmm. um so i mean obviously like advancements had to be made she's being used now as a, a sail training vessel and um a, a ambassador for canadian sailing and nova scotian sailing yeah um she is nova scotia's sailing ambassador yeah because um, now in the
0: 70s olin sold the bluenos to the province of nova scotia yes yeah, sorry um,
1: i jumped ahead no 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 no
0: no i'm i'm done my my spiel. do you know how
1: much the bluenos was sold for for a dollar in 10 dimes in correct? 10 dimes yes
0: <laughs> because we're
1: hilarious Yes, which <laughs> i actually didn't know until i sailed on the bluenos that the bluenos has been on the dime since the original bluenos
0: yeah that wasn't that wasn't like a it's not the blue nose two on the dime no it's the blue nose on the dime and it's
1: actually what technically if you look up like a description of what is on the dime it's a william j ruey model oh okay so it's it's his design which is the blue nose yes but it's but it's yeah that's what it says it's that it's a william j ruey schooner design yeah
0: and it's kind of, it's a benefit to the Blue Nose 2 today that the original Blue Nose was constructed as such a, like, a project and a scheme to specifically win something. Because you have such yeah. better records of, like, you know, like, the chances that those plans would exist otherwise to, to rebuild it. Oh, 100%. Is, it's questionable. 100%. Um, if it was built like any other ship in a shipyard, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's because she was built with such an intention that we know so much about her.
1: Exactly. Exactly and she is a really beautiful ship to sail on um one thing about the bluenose is that because it is built as a schooner to race the nice thing about it is that it's a lot like sailing a small boat in that she might be 299 tons but you can move her (laughs) like if you want to go if you want to go to starboard side which is right um you can you can get her to go there like it's very easy um, another kind of fun fact about the bluenos is that a lot of people come on and will comment that the wheel is on backwards um okay. because you face like the wheel is to your side okay and like you face um you face forward so you face the foredeck and the wheel is in the aft it's in the back right so you kind of like you you steer her um on your side so instead of facing the wheel sorry oh, instead of facing the wheel and holding it with both hands yeah um you're looking forward on the boat which is how traditional schooners were built because um they're this on is a, not pirates of the caribbean no they're on a <laughs> rudder so schooners were traditionally on a rudder and the rudder is slanted um and that's what moves like the boat so okay. it's like a fin on the bottom of the boat cool um yeah so it's really it was a really awesome experience I seriously recommend anybody uh do it if you would like to i met some really amazing friends and amazing people and had a great experience so and happy 100th birthday yeah happy to the 100th og birthday. to the og gal <laughs> the wherever blues. you are yeah <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the ocean <laughs> Well, thank you so much for indulging me this week and,
0: uh, and us having... I have to say, I've never gone in and learned more, which is a great thing. I love it. Yeah, that.
1: it's exciting. <laughs> it's nice to kind of be on that side. Um, yeah, so for those of you who aren't following us, who stumbled upon uh, this episode of the podcast, thank you for joining us for the ride. And please give us a follow. So we're on Instagram at Minute Women Podcast, and on Facebook at the same name. Uh, and then you can also find us on Twitter at the Minute Women. And you can also find us on our website, which is www.MinuteWomenPodcast.ca. And all of our sources and episodes are there, as well as extra info about Grace and I and all of our contact if you want to get in touch. And be sure you're subscribed to the podcast and whatever podcast
0: platform you listen to us on. Download the episodes, rate and review the podcast if that's an option on your platform. Also, we'll leave links to Devin so you can find her book and learn all about her work. And you can also check out our merch store, which is on Tee Public. Um, But other than that, we'll see you guys next Wednesday.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: from like is it or gloucester or gloucester
1: i know it's weird
0: i know but it's gloucester <laughs> angus sailed the blue nose to shit what is it again gloucester gloucester the sea throws me off It's weird
1: <laughs>